St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. My name's Greg Lindbergh and today it's a true pleasure to have the Vice President and Director of Athletics at St. Leo University with us. Uh, his name is Fran Reedy. Fran, it's great to have you on the podcast. Greg, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. This is going to be fun. Uh, so today we're talking St. Leo sports and uh, specifically about Fran's career. And I, I definitely have questions about, you know, St. Leo athletics, some of the teams in general and Fran's been here for quite a while, so he's, uh, I consider you quite a legend here on campus. Well, thank you. So first off, talk to me about uh, just where you were born, where you grew up, and then I'm curious, how did you actually get interested in sports? So I was uh, born and raised in Massachusetts, a family of five. Uh, sports was a big deal, as was music. Uh, musical athletic family played all the sports so in in new england of course you have the seasonal changes so i was a soccer player a basketball player and a baseball player and uh just what just what we did as kids it was you we were always playing something right. um and so as i you know went through high school um i knew i wanted to coach um but i didn't really want to go the pe route and so uh that's that's how i ended up doing the special education teacher but it was really a coaching uh, goal in mind. I was going to be a teacher and a coach. I see. And then I know you did play soccer, uh, definitely in college, and I would imagine growing up as well. What uh, what interested you in soccer? Well, I I think uh, I was actually uh, good in soccer, probably better in basketball, and liked uh, baseball. But when I got to college, being a teacher you really had to pick sort of one half of the year because the other half, certainly where I went to school, you had practicums and uh, student teaching and so forth. So I couldn't do the baseball uh, because the spring was always dedicated to the academic side. So soccer was sort of the sport um, that I chose and, and it went well for me. I was a, you know all conference player and so forth. Um, but it, it was again, sort of that, that goal of coaching. Right. And then uh, you did attend Fitchburg State College? I did. Uh, teacher and nursing school in Massachusetts. Um, and, and from the coaching standpoint, sort of had a negative experience. I had four coaches hmm. uh, in four years. So I certainly got to learn some different philosophies and different ways. So I, I took a negative and tried to turn it into a positive. Um, but, but there was turnover uh, while I was there. But it, in a way, it, it helped me with my coaching um, because I saw different ways to to coach and do things. I see, and I'm curious. With the turnover, was the team? You know, how did the team actually perform? Obviously, with a lot of turnover, I, I can't imagine it was that great. No, uh, actually, we had a winning record. Um, really? My junior year, we were undefeated. Hmm. Uh, went to the postseason playoffs. So, despite all of that change, we actually had some really good players and a, and a really fun team, and and did uh, very very well. Wow, that is interesting, yeah, and, and definitely, you know, a unique situation there. Let's see, and then I know you, you did go into teaching. You taught at uh, Gaither High School, if you could just talk about that experience and your, your teaching initial, you know, experience in general. Yeah, so I, uh, I met a young man when I was actually in high school 
uh, who was who had special needs and, and befriended him and and uh, 40 years later we're still friends hmm. um, talk to him every Sunday um, but that was sort of where I got into the teaching special needs and so at Gaither um, I taught educably mentally handicapped was the the title of the room um, and so for four years I taught at Coleman Middle School uh, and then Gaither for six years where I, I broke into the soccer coaching uh, at the high school level um, but that was really uh, a lot of fun for me. It was an interesting, uh, so the students that I had, it was more about life skills. And so it was really um, a, a great setup. The room that I had had a kitchen. Hmm. So the students would actually do a lot of things to help the soccer team. So we had pregame meals that my class actually made for the team. Wow. They did the team laundry. Uh, they did all these life skills that I needed to teach them, but I was actually able to put it. We'd walk across uh, the street to the supermarket and buy the groceries. So it was the perfect setup. And yet, at the same time, it really helped the soccer team um, by having this this group of students that uh, worked with them. Right. And that's just, I mean, practical skills like that are so critical. And that's that's really cool to hear that the students had that experience. And then uh, as far as St. Leo, I know you did start here back in, I guess, was the fall of 1988 as a part-time soccer coach and just talk about how you actually wound up coming to St. Leo. Well, I was lucky. I, I achieved a lot of success pretty quickly uh, at Gaither. We played in the state championship game um, in 1988-89 and so I applied for the I applied for the St. Leo job um, as a, you know, as you said it was part-time and I actually continued teaching uh, continued coaching at Gaither because it was a winter sport uh, in high school for soccer. So I coached St. Leo in the fall and the Gaither team uh, in the wintertime. And truth be told, uh, my high school team would have beaten the first St. Leo team uh, <laughs> that I had. Um, uh, there was some work to do when I when I got here, but um, and I was on the tail end of, of building up the Gaither program. Um, but I would I would teach by day. Uh, the, my day at Gaither was seven thirty to two thirty, and then I would drive up here as quick as I could and coach the team by afternoon and night. Um, didn't have lights, so it was a bit of a challenge. Right. Um, and then of course I was here on the weekends for games and recruiting and just trying to make up the gap because um, most of the people I was coaching against were full time around the league. I see. Very interesting. Talk about uh, just the campus. What was the campus like when you came here back then and then also the athletic department? Well, you know, you've heard the stories, I'm sure, but it was a much different place. Um, you know, it was struggling at the time. We only had eight sports. Hmm. Uh, we now have 21. Um, you know, all of the, the newer residence halls, the six new residence halls did not exist. Uh, so it was a it was a place that was uh, enrollment was was starting to drop a little bit. Funds were tight. Um, it, it was a challenge. I didn't know any better at the time. Um, you know, I had one scholarship. Um, you know, a lot of schools had six, seven, eight scholarships. So it was it was a tough uh, it was a tough job. Um, but I you know I, I loved it um, and uh, took on the challenge. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know there are just so many things we could talk about in the 30 years you've been here. I am just curious about some of the best memories you've had, 
uh, whether it's specific teams, coaches, players, uh, just kind of your general observations. I'll let you kind of, you know, stream of consciousness here with, with anything you'd like to talk about. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, certainly when you come to campus now, the, the brick and mortar is, is certainly very impressive. But even, you know, back in the in the late 80s, it's always been the staff and the faculty here that's made you know, life enjoyable or, or work enjoyable. We have a tremendous faculty that has always worked with our student athletes who really have an advantage here that they really go out of their way. So that that part um, has certainly been, you know, one of the one of the best things. You know, people ask me if I miss coaching. Um, you know, you miss the challenge. There's so many great teams in our conference, you know, they're ranked number one, they're ranked number five. That you know that was a personal challenge when you would play those games, um, but I just you know the only thing I miss about it is is the non-competitive um, things, just the locker room, the bus rides, the the you know fooling around at practice. Um, that's the part that you miss. Um, I don't miss the sleepless nights and the and the <laughs> agonizing defeats, right. um, but just you know just being around the players. Um, they're, they're you know. Through the years, they were all a great group. Win, lose, or draw, you know, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, I know you became uh, director of athletics in 1999. And talk to me about how that kind of, uh, you know, occurred and, and how that happened and what that meant to you to become, you know, kind of the, the main guy in charge here of athletics. Yeah. So, you know, back in the day, you know, you always did a couple of jobs. It was just it was the way that things were at St. Leo. So at the time I had gone from, you know, part time and then I was uh, the sports information director and the soccer coach. Well, in, in 98, I was the compliance director in the soccer coach. And Dr. Kirk had been in uh, had been president for a couple of years. And so he promoted me from within. But I still remained the soccer coach. And so I, I continued to coach the soccer team for another four years mm-hmm. while we um, started to grow the athletic program. Talk about adding sports. Uh, we added a couple right away. Um, but but to take over and, and be in charge of, you know, uh, a Division Two athletic program was, you know, really a dream come true for me. And and you know, again, back at you know my high school days, you know, never never thought that that would be uh, where I would end up. I'm certainly glad that all the things worked out the way that they did. But I certainly didn't set out to be an athletic director. But um, I love my job and it continues to challenge me every day. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm also curious about Division Two athletics. If you could just talk, kind of in general terms, um, I know you know a lot of people focus on Division One, but I know there's certainly a lot of talent at the Division Two level across all sports. If you could just talk in general terms about kind of Division Two. Yeah, you know, we like to refer to Division Two as the as the best division because I think it's it's still where intercollegiate athletics started and by that i mean there's a great balance between academics and athletics the way that it used to be before the revenue generation started to kick in like we see in division one so we do have some scholarship money it's a it's more of a partial scholarship model so we combine academics and athletic scholarships to try and put together a package for our student athletes to come Uh, we have some restrictions that lead to what what we refer to as life in the balance um and so our student athletes we encourage them to have a well-rounded life 
um, and not just their sport and not just controlled by their coaches. So I, I think Division Two is really the way that intercollegiate athletics was meant to be, which is it's highly competitive, highly talented, but it's it's not win at all costs, and it's not um, there's not the pressure of revenue generation like you see at you know some of the Power Fives and and so forth. Right. And then also as far as the Sunshine State Conference, I know in a number of sports it's it's considered you know widely almost a Division One conference within Division Two. If you could just talk about the conference in general. Yeah, we have a tremendous conference. So eleven private schools, all in Florida, which which makes travel good. But all of them take athletics very very seriously. We we all do spend a considerable amount of resources. You know, all of our coaches and all of our competitors you know are full-time now so that model that we saw at st leo certainly back in the 80s and 90s doesn't exist anymore everybody is strictly full-time coaches and there's a lot to that right your your alumni relations and coaching and recruiting so it's, it's gotten to be a more complex role anyway but our conference right over 100 national championships in the conference wow it is it is really really difficult to win a conference championship but if you do win a conference championship in the sunshine state it, it means you're you're an odds-on favorite to win the national championship so if you're good in our league that means you are really really good um and that uh in postseason you're probably gonna you, you know you're gonna be there at the end um so it, it's challenging but at the same time um you know all of the schools do a tremendous job we're we're very united um all the athletic directors work together um it's kind of a unique situation i think a lot of conferences around the country are are envious of how well we all get along and work together to, to keep the conference um strong all the way around i see now, as far as uh, national championships, I know St. Leo in the last couple of years has, under your leadership, won a few national titles. If you could talk about those and what that has meant to the school. Yeah, so we were, you know, we went from, in, so we, we joined the Sunshine State Conference in 1975, mm -hmm. and we did not win a conference championship until 2005. Wow. So that was a, <laughs> that was a conference championship, never mind national championship. Right. So we were, we were, you know, we were a few laps down to everybody else there for quite a while. But over the years, you know, some, some really talented coaches, um, increasing scholarship money. And, and finally, in 2016, uh, we broke through, won our first national championship in men's golf, uh, did so in impressive fashion. They set a record um, at, the, at the match play level, hmm. um, uh, heading into the, the final eight. Um, at the same, during that same sports festival, we were runner-up in men's tennis, we were third in women's tennis, and we were fourth in women's golf, all, all in, in a, a sports festival, which Division Two does, no other division does that, um, out in Colorado. And individually, uh, on the men's team, uh, Hugo Bernard won the individual national championship, and then um, two years ago, Marie Kors won the individual women's uh, national championship in golf. So we finally broke through. We, we were in the, the national championship game in men's lacrosse this uh, spring. Um, you know, didn't win the game, but, but to get there and, and play at Gillette Stadium um, was, was a huge uh, moment for our program and, and for our university. 
That's awesome. That's all just, you know, fantastic uh, accomplishments and definitely things to be proud of. And what would you say it means to, you know, not only the conference titles, but to actually have national titles at a university? How important is that just for, you know, getting the, the name of the university out there and, and whatnot? Well, you know, one of our core values is excellence. And so I think if, you know, when, when we try to do something, we're, we're trying to do it, you know, and, and be excellent. And so that's that's the test. Um, I think the thing that I'm most proud of, um, and, it, and it speaks to our excellence, is our all-around athletic program. So in the last four years, we've been in the top 10 in the Learfield Cup. And the Learfield Cup is the national all-sports trophy. Hmm. So the points are determined by getting teams into the NCAA playoffs, and then the further you advance, the more points you get. And so we were eighth, uh, and then we were second, um, and this past year we were fourth. So that means we have a well-balanced program because winning one championship or having one good team is not gonna win you the Learfield uh, Cup. Uh, we got 425 points last spring alone. Wow. Um, and so that was a collection of many sports making the tournament and advancing. Uh, and I think that's what I'm most proud of is that we don't we don't have just one or two sports that we kind of put up on a pedestal, but all of our teams have a realistic chance of going to the postseason. Right. Very nice. I know you touched on it a little earlier, but talk about uh, the, the balance between, you know, for a student athlete, how a student athlete balances academics and athletics and kind of you know, based on what your experience has been and what you've seen, what are maybe kind of some tips for someone that's looking to play collegiate sports? Well, you know, I think that, uh, first of all, having a good base coming in. So what our coaches do um, is they try to find, you know, talented student athletes. So people that already have good grades, have good test scores, have done well in high school academically that are going to be able to meet the rigors of adding you know, a, a considerable amount of time to their sport um, and then be ready for, yeah, there's going to be study hall, there's going to be grade checks, there's going to be accountability um, for your academics. So we had a, I think for the 10th semester in a row, we had a, a 3.17 or higher GPA for our student athletes. So we, we put a, a huge uh, emphasis on it. Each of our coaches, not only do they have a plan about how they're going to have a winning season, but they also have to present a plan as to how they're going to monitor and, and take care of their student athletes, you know, academically. So it's like anything else, you know, you have to have a game plan, you have to have whether it's study hall hours, whether it's extra tutors. And again, we're lucky at St. Leo, um, you know, we have free tutoring. Um, you know, we don't have to go out and hire them as a department. It's, it's here for any student uh, or student athlete that seeks out that extra help. So again, I, I think our institution and our faculty does a great job of helping our students uh, be successful. Right, sounds like there's a lot of support for them, which is wonderful. Um, I am curious about, uh, I know we recently started beach volleyball and then uh, acrobatics and tumbling. Uh, it's going to be a new sport next year. If you could talk about what does it actually take to start to add a new sport uh, to an athletic department? Yeah, so you, you want to check and see if there's interest and abilities. And, you know, can the sport be successful? Right? So we, we do want to win here. Uh, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. um, so we, we look at sports that were emerging in, in, in the sport of beach volleyball and acrobatic and tumbling. There's sports that are gaining um, 
notoriety, popularity. So we were the, going back a couple of years, you know, we were the first school to have men's lacrosse. And people are like, oh, nobody plays men's lacrosse. And we did. We had to travel initially. But now hmm. uh, it's a huge sport. Um, almost every school in the Southeast plays it. Um, same with the women. We were we were one of the first. I think we were the second overall to, to start women's lacrosse. So beach volleyball is, is much the same. We're going to be the first team to have acrobatic and tumbling. So there's a there's a we feel we can have more female athletes involved than we currently do and those two sports um, are gaining a lot of popularity and so we, we feel it's a way that we can help grow um, the population at the institution um, and give some student athletes uh, an opportunity to compete in college very nice uh, now I know football is obviously a you know hugely popular sport especially college football um, I am curious, you know, down the road, do you foresee at all any chance St. Leo having a football team? Uh, well, it's funny you should bring that up. We are we are looking at a potential uh, volleyball feasibility study. So one of the reasons uh, that we have built up on the women's side some opportunities is if we ever wanted to start football, you know, we're going to have to look at our um, population, our, our balance of opportunities for men and opportunities for women. Um, but yes, Florida is a football crazy state. Um, Florida Tech in our league has started football. Uh, West Florida started it a couple of years ago and was in the national championship. So certainly uh, something we're going to explore as we will continue to explore other sports that would help us grow our population at St. Leo, um, provided we can you know, have a sport that has a chance to be successful and winning, and, and do we have the resources to make sure that that would be part of the equation? I see. Interesting. So I would imagine it's definitely a, a process involved. Yeah. So a football feasibility study is is difficult. You've got to look at cost. You've got to look at, uh, again, gender uh, ratios. Um, you've got to look at resources. You know, where would you play? Where would you practice? Um, it's it's a huge undertaking, um, and so typically you bring in a consultant to help you work through all of those uh, challenges. Right. Very interesting. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the you know the lion name and the mascot. I know Saint Leo has not always been known as the lions. Uh, I believe they were the monarchs at one point. Um, talk about those you know how those names actually came to fruition, and then the change to the lion name. So apparently, uh, we were the Lions first. So when hmm. it was a junior college back in the 60s, we were the Lions, and actually we were purple and gold. <laughs> um, and then when it became a four-year institution um, in 1969-70, uh, we changed to the forest green and we became the Monarchs. And if you look at the school crest, often referred to as the academic logo, you will see the Monarchs are in that crest. And so for a number of years, when we were St. Leo College, we were the Monarchs. Well, then when we got ready to transition to St. Leo University, we felt like we wanted to go back to the original uh, roots of the institution and go back to being the Lions. We did not change the colors, uh, but we did change uh, the mascot back to the Lions, which was our original um, mascot. I see. And Fritz the Lion, he is the kind of the official mascot who attends some of the games or... Yeah, I wouldn't call him the official mascot. Um, okay. let, let's, uh, he's, uh, um, 
I'm not really sure what you would call him, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, not really the official uh, likeness of what we would like the lion to be. Sure, sure. And I, and I think that's a project that will be uh, will be taken on shortly as a as a redo of um, of the logo. I see. Yeah, I know. I always love mascots. They just add so much and. It's a really cool concept that you know so many teams have so um, as far as you specifically I did want to ask I know you have been named uh, athletic director of the year uh, multiple times and uh, most recently this year uh, what does that uh, honor mean to you well you know I think anytime your peers recognize your efforts I think a lot of a lot of my peers realize um, you know the challenges that existed at St. Leo before, um, and now you know as I mentioned to to succeed in the Learfield Cup and do the things that we've done in terms of postseason play and conference championships. Um, I think it you know it's it's humbling to be recognized by them um, for for the the great job that our student athletes and coaches have done. You know it's a it's an individual award, but really it, it's a reflection of the progress and the success of the department overall. Um, you know, one person gets gets that honor, but uh, obviously if we didn't win the way that we did and we didn't have the, the academic success that we've had, um, then then you don't get recognized. So it's, it's really a team award, um, and obviously I'm, I'm happy to accept it on behalf of our great uh, staff and students. Sure, and I definitely offer my congratulations, and I know just, you know, based on your career here, you've done so much for St. Leo Athletics, and uh, I know we've our university has certainly been lucky to have you for all these years. Well, I appreciate those kind words. Absolutely. I did want to mention you can check out stleolions.com. That's S-A-I-N-T-L-E-O-L-I-O-N-S.com uh, for the athletics website. And uh, Fran, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us here on the St. Leo 360 podcast. Well, thanks for having me, and I look forward to doing it again sometime. All righty. Sounds good. Go Lions. Go Lions. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877 622 2009 or visit stleo.edu.